you would take your Bibles this morning, turn to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, as we think about revival, <clears throat> revival, I'm excited about our revival this year. I, I look forward to revival, our revival effort each year. And um, I don't know if you remember this or not, but this will be the first revival that we've been able to have since the tornado. Uh, the, <clears throat> this uh, be four years since we've had revival effort in our church. The first um, three years, we uh, didn't have the space to set people in the mobile unit. And then, um, uh, then we moved down uh, last year in late July. And so uh, trying to get everything ready then. And so this year uh, will be the first year we've been, we've, this will be the first revival in this, uh, in this building. And so I'm excited about it. And I hope you're already making plans to come. I hope you're inviting your family and your friends and your neighbors because we really need revival. We really need revival. And I'm going to tell you something. I know we need revival. I can't speak for all churches, but I know our church needs revival. I believe I can rightfully say that I know this church better than anyone here. And let me tell you, we need revival. And I pray that God will send revival in each one of our lives. I hope he begins with me, and I hope it spreads from me to other people. And so if you desire revival, if you want to get serious with God, it's time to get serious now. Don't wait till next Sunday. If you're going to get serious with God, get serious with God today. And we need revival. I was looking at Revelation, and I was looking at all the different churches mentioned in chapter 2, and I'm, and I'm saying, God, which church of these churches are we like? And immediately he says, Ephesus, Ephesus, there wasn't any question about it. And so, Revelation chapter 2, look at verse 1. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, or churches. Verse 2, I know thy works. He's speaking to the church. And we make up the church but he's speaking to a body of Christ. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say there are apostles and they're not and hast found them liars and hast borne and hast patience and for mine sake hast labored and hast not fainted. God said, that's your church, pastor. That's your church, star. Verse 4, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. So he has a commendation, and now he has a condemnation. He tells them how good they've been, and now he said, Hey, with all of that, I've got something against you. I'm going to tell you what, you need to let that soak in. When God Almighty says, I have somewhat against you. 
That's not like saying, Brother Sammy has a problem with me. Or I've got a problem with Brother Sammy. This is God Almighty saying, I have somewhat against you. And that's what he says. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Here's why. Because thou hast left thy first love. Remember. Here's your counsel. You got the commendation. You got the condemnation. And now you have the counsel from God. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thy repent. Revelation chapter 2 gives a personal letter to seven churches that are in Asia. Now, there were more churches there. There are about four or five more that are, are listed but he speaks to these particular seven churches because these seven churches uh, are kind of representative of all churches. He's addressing the church at Ephesus. Um, but Christ, if you'll notice, is in the midst of all churches. So he's speaking to the church at Ephesus, but at the same time, he's in the midst of all churches. Verse 1 These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, the seven churches. So although he's addressing one, he's in the midst of all churches. So the message is to the churches in Asia, and that message is to all churches, including us here at Mountain View Baptist Church. And the message is for all followers of Jesus Christ. All churches. So Jesus Christ expects us, all churches, all believers, to apply this message to ourselves as church and as individuals. Now, he's not writing this letter just to Ephesus. He's writing it to us. Sidney has been addressed to Mountain View Baptist Church, 2110 Highway 81, Phil Camel, Alabama, because it is. And Jesus Christ expects us to heed the message that's written to the churches in Asia. So he said, listen up. Verse 1, he begins by saying, He who holds the seven stars in his right hand. Now, many believe, most believe, theologians believe those stars represent the pastors. Uh, I mean, just as the stars in the galaxy. He directs the pastor. He directs the... He directs their motion. He, he puts them in different orbits. He placed me here and he placed someone else in another church and someone else in another church, and just like he does the stars in the sky. He fills them with light. He fills them with influence. And these stars, these pastors slash ministers, are instruments in his hand. He chose them. I was minding my own business, running a retail store, and God called me to preach. Never thought I'd be preaching. I was doing what I enjoyed doing, and all of a sudden God put his hand on me and called me to preach, and I couldn't do retail anymore. I had to do what he wanted me to do. And so he places them by his hand. He cares for them. He protects them by his hand. So 37 
years ago. This church family may have voted on me as their pastor, but in reality they were adopting, they were recognizing the star that had been placed in the church by the right hand of God. Think of that. As churches select pastors, how important that is. So he walks in the midst of the churches. He's here today. He's here today. He's, he's present in the church. He knows what went on in the brotherhood breakfast. He knows what goes on in a deacon's meeting and, and the, uh, uh, the WMU meeting. He knows what goes on with the youth. He knows what goes on in our Bible fellowship classes. He knows what goes on. He's in the midst of the church. He observes our state of being, what we are as a church, how we act as a church, where we are in ministry, where we are in serving, where we are in our, in our giving. He's present to guide us and to direct us and to protect us. He's in the midst of the churches. If he's not in the midst of the church, we have a serious problem. But he's in the midst of the church. He has no favorites. He's in the midst. The point is, if a body of believers are truly following Christ, he is in their midst. Notice what he says in verse 2. Not only is he in the midst, he said, I know thy works and your labor. He said, I know your works. He speaks and he comments about their works. He said, I know your works and your labors, your patience, how you cannot bear them that are evil, and you've tried them which say they're apostles and they're not, and you've found them to be liars. And you've borne and you've had patience for my name's sake. Hast thou labored and hast not fainted. You've worked hard. It, it'd kind of be like reading our bulletin. You got baby showers and and uh, marriage conferences, and brotherhood breakfasts, and WMU meetings, and young lady, young mission group meetings, and you've got prayer conferences, and you've got team kids meeting, and you've got this going, and this going, and this going, and this going, and everything's going. You're doing all of that. I know that. <clears throat> but he has a complaint. Verse 4. Nevertheless... I have somewhat against thee. So he has a complaint. Here's his complaint. You have left your first love. That's Christ. With all you got going on, which is good. You've got verse 3 going and verse 4 going. I mean, verse 2 going, verse uh, 3 going. That's good. But you've kindly left your first love. point is, Christ is no longer in your life like he once was. Is Christ in your life like he was when you got saved? Have you lost the warmth of Christ since the day you were saved? Is that fire for Christ burning just as bright and just as hot as the day you got saved? If not... We have lost our love for Christ. Christ is no longer first in our life. So here's the big question for us this morning. Is Christ number one in your life on a scale from one to two? Where is he 
Is he first in your life? You would say this morning, Christ is first in my life. I suggest to you this morning that the main complaint that Christ charges Mountain View Baptist Church, 2110 Highway 81, Phil Camel, Alabama, with is we have left our first love. And there's evidence. There's evidence. When your prayer life is scarce to none, you've lost your warmth and your tenderness for Jesus Christ. We had a prayer conference yesterday. We had uh, 16 from our church that attended that prayer conference, which was a great number. Over 300 people there at the conference. And I appreciate those 16 that went to that prayer conference. And we've always had good attendance at that prayer conference, one when it was being held in Montgomery. And yesterday we had 16, and I believe one other church in our county had one person there. But that, that's beside the point. This is, I'm talking about us. And when your Bible study is scarce to none and Bible fellowship drops 40 or 50 in a year, simply because of complacency and unconcern, you tell me you haven't left your first love. What I'm saying, there's evidence. When you've replaced His day of worship, and you call it your day, then you've lost your warmth and your tenderness for Jesus Christ. And he's not first in your life. I don't care what you say. We have a problem. We need revival. When you replace a desire to worship to a level of just setting in worship as a non-participant, and I look out and people are just staunch, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, why are you even here? Man, I appreciate our choir. I really do. Over 20, I guess over 20 in the choir today. I thank you for that. That is a blessing to the Lord. Thank you so much. But we have an obligation to worship if He is our first love. I don't have a problem worshiping if He's my first love. when you're failing to use your spiritual gifts and your natural abilities, and we beg for people to sign this list, that list, but help with this, help with that, then if you refuse to serve the Lord and use your spiritual gifts and your natural abilities, then you have left your first love. You have left that warmth and tenderness of Christ. When you refuse to be obedient and you're giving and your tithes and offering, you've left your first love. Unconcerned about the ministries carrying on at the church, being carried on at the church. When your church family ceases to be important to you and there's no loving heart and there's no helping hand, and there's no readiness to work together, even through tribulation, i.e. tornado, or persecution, you have lost your warmth and tenderness for Jesus Christ, and you have left your first love. And When there's bitterness 
and complaining and resentment and anger and malice and a critical spirit and gossip and a selfish mind. I visited in a home recently, talked to an individual that was so bitter. I couldn't wait to get out of the house. If you're that way, you've lost your warmth and tenderness for Jesus Christ and you have left your first love. That's the condemnation. So what's the counsel? You say, well, Lord, my goodness gracious, that's, that's me. I mean, not all of that, but there's some. God, you spoke to me, so what can I do? Well, he tells us in verse 5, God, what can we do? He says, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. And do the first works. So he gives three steps. Remember where you've fallen. Go back to your formal love for the Lord. Go back to where that you really love the Lord, and you were sincere, and you, you could stand up and truthfully say, I love the Lord. Go back to the time that you love the Lord and remember your feelings, remember your fever, uh, your, your unction, your spark. Remember your fellowship that you had with Him. Remember the prayers you shared with Him. Remember the communication, the praying, the sharing. Remember the constant awareness of His presence. And you could honestly sing, He walks with me and He talks with me. Go back to that time and remember the love you once had. That's what he said, verse 5. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. And then he says, repent. You know what repent means? It means to turn back. Turn away. If you're walking away from God through things that only you know about, and then you stop and God convicts you and you turn, that's repentance. And you're, instead of walking away from God walking toward God. That's repentance. He says, repent. Turn away from what pulled you away. You know what's pulled you away. Turn away from what's pulled you away from Christ. Then turn back to Him. Something has drawn you away from Christ. Something has pulled you away. Something is consuming your thoughts and your time and your energy. Something is keeping you from focusing upon Christ and, and fellowship and communicating with Him. Something has pulled you away and you're not reading His Word like you once did. You're not memorizing His Word like you once did. You don't have His Word put here and put there and put here and put there where it's constantly before you like you once did. Something has pulled you away. The point is, you are more attracted to that thing than you are Christ. And you've left the warmth and the tenderness of Jesus Christ for that thing. So repent. Turn away from that uh, attraction back to Jesus Christ. Matthew 3, 2. You'll throw that up, Brother Joel. Matthew 3, 2. Look on the screen, if you will. And saying, Jesus said, repent ye, that's turning around, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
Bible's full of repentance. Acts chapter 8, verse 22. Repent, therefore, of this day thy wickedness, and pray to God if perhaps of thine heart, the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. And then Second Chronicles seven fourteen, we know if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and then turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. So what do I do? I remember, I repent, and then I do the works that I did before. I pray. I get along with God. I read His Word. I serve Him. I commit myself to, to practicing my spiritual gifts and my talents and my natural abilities. I commit those back to God. But remember, verse 5, From whence thou art fallen, repent, and do the first works, or else I'll come unto thee quickly. Speaking to the church, now here. And I will remove thy candlestick. I'll just quench out the flame Whatever's left. You know, there's a lot of churches that close their doors. You ever notice churches that have for sale signs on them now? Nothing there. So the question this morning, has God convicted you that you have left your first love? Man, as I looked at that and was praying last night, I said, God, which, which one is, which, which is our church? Is it, is it Ephesus? Uh, he, he said, that's Ephesus. I didn't get to the other six. And, that, and later on, I went back and read, and, and I'm thinking, oh, Ephesus, that's us. That's us. We need revival. We need revival. We need revival. Let's have a prayer together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word. And I want to thank you for your Holy Spirit that convicts us of our sin. Thank you for doing that. Thank you that you have convicted us in order that we can make the necessary repentance that we can change from the direction that we're going and Lord go back and begin doing those things in which we have fallen from I pray for every person here this morning I pray Lord for our guests I thank you for them being here and and I pray for each guest that's here and I pray for each person here today that's without Christ and I pray today, Lord, that they would come and give their heart to you. That they would come and put their faith and their trust in you and in nothing else and no one else. And ask you to come into their life and save them. And God, I pray for your people today. I pray for, first of all, myself. God, I pray you'll forgive me for not being the pastor that you want me to be. At times how I've neglected to do the things that, that you've wanted me to do. And I ask you to forgive me as I make a turn to go back to those formal things. Thank you for putting me here. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for keeping me with your right hand. Whether it's here or wherever it may be or 
But right now, Father, thank you for your call upon my life. And so today, Lord, as, as the pastor of Mountain View Baptist Church, I pray that you will forgive me. And I pray that you will speak to the hearts of your people here. That we might get down to business and be serious about your work. Because, Father, it's time for you to return. It could be any day. And so I pray for, for every member of Mountain View Baptist Church that we would let revival start in our life today as we recommit ourselves anew to the formal things, turning from those things that have distracted us, that have gotten our attention and has pulled us away from you and that our love is not what it should be for you help us to rekindle that father as we turn to you ask you to forgive us and renew our commitment to you thank you for what you're going to do today in this invitation time and i make this prayer in jesus name amen